0: Hello there. Hello there. And welcome to the latest episode of the Sift Takers Snapshots podcast. Um, I'll be your host this evening, Will Pinter, and I'm joined this evening by Bob D.
1: Alright, landlord.
0: Alright, and Colin Brown. Hello. I've never noticed that. Colin Brown you almost sounds like, come on down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so this evening's, uh, this today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about the meta uh, and meta wing as it was or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we've got some data uh, from the Prink Brain Matter guy, so the uh, pink squadron. And we will link the article that we're going off um, within the uh, within the description below. Basically, well, let's talk about it. Uh, Colin you, you're more obviously being a TO and stuff like that you see a lot more of the meta stuff and things like that and you get a broader view than what we do while we're playing so what? obviously you want to talk about the article and see what, what stands out for yourself
2: Sure first thing I think specifically the guy who, who wrote this is Jan Ullerup uh, so a massive shout out to him he's put a lot of work in so other people don't have to and it's a really good article he's put together so fair play thanks very much so there's and there's a few kind of generic points to this article, and then he kind of homes in on specifics for different factions. So, for example, bid bid is increasing. Uh, if you want to move last, you have to be bidding lower than you were in the previous wave. The number of ships per list is rising slowly on average. You know, the majority of lists are going to be three or four ship, but you are seeing more and more swarms as well so that's just driving up the average a little bit which is interesting that could be due to the cis swarms appearing
0: um, I mean what obviously the, the cis swarms appearing I mean since since this article got written obviously we haven't got Australia in there and some of the recent hyperspaces as well within the UK and things like that so I think it would be even driven up even more than, than what's been since this article I reckon what do you reckon yeah, so
2: it, this is a snapshot in time. So it's it was taken on the 3rd of September, I believe. He's just taken data from then, which is fair enough, right? You can't just keep it rolling. Um, so recent results, like Australia being the most significant one probably, um, will impact things with the CIS swarm winning. But he does have a very nice graph put together of faction representation of what, and what kind of percentage of the fields they're making up. And there's some very interesting movements going on. Um, so, for example, rebels were the most popular faction for a long time, and then the uh, the recent points adjustments hit, and they have tanked it. They're now down about the middle middle of the pack. It's not that surprising, I suppose. You know, rebel beef was a very very popular squad. Leia
0: got hit, and now they don't really have that much going for them. I mean, I'm not I'm not upset about it. I'm not I'm not going to lie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Other things of note in that representation are so the Galactic Republic have just since they've come out have kind of risen up and you found interestingly Galactic Empire have come down and I wonder if there's some kind of correlation there in that ace players are kind of splitting their time between the two you know so people who like to fly aces were predominantly limited to Empire but now they've got choices so Galactic Empire and Republic are kind of level pegging now as the two most popular factions.
1: Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because the, the big bads at the moment in, within the meta game are Vader, Suntier, Whisper, um, maybe uh, Duchess, uh, and, and maybe a support shuttle. You know, you, you pick your units out of those uh, potential ships and, and add up to 200, and it's all good. And, and likewise, the Jedi list. There's, there's two or three different ways you can you can build the Jedi. You either do two Jedi and one Torrent, or two Jedi and two Torrents, or you do two Jedi and Rick Ollier. And those minor variations on on a basic design as to what's good in the list um, mean that there's there's a lot of good. Uh, play to be had from those and that they feature quite commonly. You know, everybody knows that if you stick Vader Whisper and something else in the list, it's going to be okay. So it makes it, makes it easy to take that stuff and just stick it on the board and it performs super well.
0: Aces is aces, isn't it? You know what I mean? If you're good with that archetype, then, you know, they're they're the ships you're going to take realistically and, a lot of the skills from ace play, even in 1.0, has been carried over. I know we, we had variants and there's not as much token stacking going on, but still, you know, them, them skills have carried over, I think, from
1: 1.0. Well, the best best way of defending yourself as an ace is don't get shot. And that was true in 1.0, whatever the, the token stack looked like. And it's it's absolutely true in 2.0, isn't it? Yeah,
2: 100%. The other thing the article dives into is... Um as well as popularity of factions, uh, how the factions perform, uh, which is also a very interesting graph. It's also interesting to note that there's not a one-to-one correlation between the two. You know, you might be tempted to think people just gravitate, whatever is good, people will play, whatever's is bad, people will drop. But that isn't really the case. So, for example, taking Rebels, their performance was consistently, you know, high. They were way above the rest, way above average. Lace, latest points adjustments, and they plummeted like they are now the worst performing faction at time of writing this yeah um, but that is not the case for they're not the lowest represented faction they're in the middle i think it does show people do tend to like fly what they like to fly as opposed to just what is good which is you know comforting to see in a way i suppose
0: do you, do you think it's fly what they like to fly or do we think it's more because this this so much so like such a regular update of waves now and we're getting a lot of waves through do you think it's people still discovering the meta and 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 trying out new stuff yeah possibly
2: i think there's probably a factor of lag as well in that you know it takes a while for stuff to be discovered as overperforming to start trickling down uh for everyone else to kind of start copying it yeah
1: yeah new stuff is new stuff is still being discovered within 2.0 i mean my own feeling is that we haven't had long enough to actually explore the the original leases of 2.0, let alone Resistance Republic first order, all that. Um, the the Inquisitors, for example, have been a build that's that's been available right from the word go. But it's only now that Gendon and three Inquisitors, or maybe two Inquisitors and Kestel even. Is now starting to get attention. Those those ships have been available right from the beginning, but it, it's only now that those builds are seeing a lot of time on the table. And and it strikes me that that we are pretty much in that that magical place of balance. Doesn't feel like there's anything that's that's radically too good for itself. You could argue that that maybe the Impaces are uh, overperforming. On the other hand, that is very directly related to player skill if you don't know what you're doing with, within paces, you are going to lose the game. Whereas if you're good, then you stand a good chance of, of a win.
2: I'm not entirely sure that's true, to be honest. I think if you assume that as many good players play in paces as bad players do, you should see it average out, but you don't. And that's the same with Republic. So, like, Obi-Wan, if people bring Obi-Wan, they tend to do well. If people bring Vader, they tend to do well. It's not, and that can't just be a case of player skill. You've got to assume player skill is on a bell curve. And then it is the list that is pushing people forward. And, you know, there are, like, Republic Invader, like, as the good performing aces, I think it's notable that they have Force. You know, when Force first came out, I was not sure about if it was worth the points. But now, as a kind of get-out-of-jail-free card, card, I think it is pushing the those aces into a position where they are quite strong and they can pull up a weaker player.
0: The Jedi did drop in points as well, so that's made them more viable as well.
2: It's made some of their options more viable. The seven B, which is the most popular, is is about the same, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, although Obi Wan's cheaper, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Obi Wan's like the top performing pilot within the Republic faction, you know, Um, by by some margin, in fact, you know. I mean, with R two Astromech and, uh, and Sense, he's like seventy eight percent effective on performance. And that's that's some high numbers, that you know. Yeah. So it, it, I think so, you know, I think you're right there, Colm. It, it, that that the ship itself is pushing people above their probably player curve as it was.
2: Yeah, and I think there's other things with these numbers that, like, I'm not sure how strictly you can take them as being as gospel. So for example, Rick Ollier is performing well above average, but at the same time Rick Ollier tends to appear in lists with Anakin and Obi-Wan. So like are they pulling Rick up rather than Rick being good? Like I think that is something to consider as well.
0: You know? Yeah. It all depends what they're being flown with. Yeah, good point. Go on, Bob. Yeah, the (coughs) interesting
1: now the um the interesting thing for me about, about the stats is, is how uh, Jan's been able to analyse what builds are good on those high-performing ships. For example, you don't often see R2A6 on Anakin, but he's got a, an 87% success rating. Bearing in mind on these, on these stats that 50% is performing in the middle of the field, not exceptionally good, not exceptionally bad. Anything that is doing 100% is just amazing. R2A6 on, on Anakin at, at 87% is a phenomenal upgrade by the looks of it.
2: That is unusual because you don't see it that much. I wonder if maybe that's being skewed by one person doing very well when they took us.
1: Well, there know? are real issues with getting hold of data at the moment. Um, the, certainly in the UK, we've got the big events, absolute GDPR paranoia. And um, My own take on that is that the information commissioner is not going to be prosecuting anybody for talking about X-Wing. So, you know, calm down on that. But if they're taking it serious, fine. But it does mean that it's hard to get hold of the data. And I can absolutely see a sort of underground data market where some of that information uh, becomes more widely available when people start going around photographing lists and, and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I do think it's probably right that R2A6 is um, probably a statistical sort of outlier because, because he's unpopular and he has performed well in a, in a single event um but you can use the the stats to show that um 7b r2 and sense are are working really well on uh obi-wan but the other interesting thing is on these stats that um mace windu is down at 51 percent, basically and is he is he that much different from anakin
2: well the initiative is is big right if we're in a in a world where everyone's flying around at I five and six, being I four isn't isn't great.
1: But Obi Wan does okay at five.
2: With sense, yeah. But you can put sense on Obi Wan. It is a good question. Hmm. Maybe it is just—I don't know. Like Obi Wan, maybe you win those initiative bids enough, or you win your dice roll enough, and or you're mo- you're moving last against people who bring Mace, and you get those wins, and that pushes up Obi's performance against. Mace?
1: Or it may be that, that playing Mace to save points means that you're investing more in either Anakin or Obi-Wan and actually those points are not well spent. So the list as a whole becomes less effective.
0: I mean, looking at others, I mean, let, let's move away because otherwise we'll be talking about Jedi all night. Looking at other lists, um, I mean, obviously, Colm, do you want to talk about Resistance? I know it's, I know it's your favourite faction, so...
2: Uh, no real surprises from Resistance. Like, Finn has come screaming in to be a, a very popular pilot, unsurprisingly. Interestingly, it seems he's doing better if he's using C-3PO rather than Perceptive Co-Pilot, which would seem surprising for having a worse output for two points less. But maybe, they, again, that's what's going in the list with them. But in terms of archetypes that are doing well, it's five, wow. uh, 5A is doing well. Finn, Jess, Bastion, and Snap... Uh, is doing well and then jess and three red squadron vets like is doing okay as well so they're all quite generic just josey lists with the exception of the owings i suppose it is interesting as well that at the australian open it was something crazy like only two percent of resistance lists brought made the cut like it was a hugely underperforming compared to all the other factions I'm not really sure why that is. I don't know why it would fail to convert. You know, it's quite possible a lot of people brought Finn and realized he's not—he's not that good. Like Finn is good, but he's not going to carry. He's carry not a list. that
0: much of a big
1: deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think the, and, I think the, fin- the thing with with Finn is that. Um, he got massive internet props. Everyone's like, oh, Finn's amazing, Finn's amazing. Just He's the most incredible pilot, most incredible ability. But then when you get him on the table, if you try and fly him like any other decent ship, you quickly run into problems. And as soon as stuff gets behind him, it's in trouble. And it may be that, that if there, was, there were more sort of casual guys who were running Finn, they didn't know that Finn could not afford to let stuff get behind him. Uh, because that K-turn absolutely kills him. And and then he, he evaporates. So that could be the explanation. Um, but he is performing well on, on Jan's numbers at, at 70.5. You know, he's he's way ahead of average.
2: Well, I think that, that 70.5 is in terms of representation within resistance lists. As ah, opposed to right, work. okay. Because yeah, if he's, if he's performing at, yeah, that's not his victory percentage. That would be... Insane, we don't know about that. Um, <laughs>
0: um yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking on now, uh, separatists as well. Obviously, that's that's where I'm rolling at the moment between the scum and the separatists, still. Um, that's sitting in fourth place on popularity. Now, I reckon that I mean, like that was of, 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 as of the uh, September, but I reckon we're, we're moving on from there now. I reckon it's actually becoming more popular. Um, for me. Um, I think with the people are seeing and using the lists more more openly now that people are trying to experiment. They've seen it do well in Australia. People have been, and not only that. Uh, Darren Granger made a good point um, to me earlier. I think the people that have been flying separatists have been flying separatists for longer. So people like myself, Darren Granger, Andy Cameron, um, we've been running these this this from the start so i think what you're finding now is the people that have been running separatists from the start are getting better with him are getting more used to him and the more we've we've looked into the faction the things that we've seen um, working better and things that we've overlooked i uh, myself and darren Gray just certainly overlooked landing struts or grappling struts at the beginning now i'm starting to see a massive benefit uh, and i used them Really well. Uh, a couple of nights ago, when I was playing, I was really surprised how well they they performed, which is something I completely overlooked. Um, and I think that that swarm, along with uh, the landing struts and things like that, the more that we're exploring, is uh, becoming more popular.
1: Um, what What is interesting is watching how the Discord missiles are overperforming, and you you just don't see those on the table very much yeah my my guess is that that's because the just understanding the rules of how they work is not straightforward, and that tends to put people off. so people don't see them and people think they're not being taken because they're no good. but actually, um young Rob Ram is just ripping holes across events in the north by taking um essentially six bombers with with discords here and there and um a probe droid. And, and he's doing really well with those. So they're absolutely not to be underestimated, I think.
0: And, and again, though, it, it, he's a player that has been playing the CIS faction quite regularly, Um you know, he's been he's been playing that faction for a while, he's used to the list, and I think that is what we're seeing now. People that have stuck with these lists from the beginning and continually played them and, and updated them and improved them are the ones that are consistently doing better. Maybe there was a price point argument there as well because not many people were wanting to buy seven or eight, you know, droids and things like that. Um, but, yeah, things like Seer and seven or six are doing really well you know within the meta uh we're seeing less of the infiltrators now and certainly now hate when hate went up i think that just cut a lot of the uh the infiltrators down so we're seeing less of them and people are looking for more well if we're talking about archetypes the efficiency archetype you know it's it's somewhere in between cheap ships really efficient and swarm you know
1: yeah that's right um I mean, it's, I'm a bit sad to see that the the infiltrators have disappeared after hate went up, but those ships depend entirely on using the force to do all their jank. And if you take cheap hate off them, that absolutely kills them.
0: Yeah, tell me about it. I'm still bitter.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, on to Scum, then. Uh, they're, they're sitting in fifth place. Uh, Bob?
1: Yeah, sad to see, really. Really sad to see. Um, The the issue with Scum is that most of the lists seem to be based around either a medium or a large base, and it's very, very difficult to make those things work. Uh, The data on Scum is is skewed a little bit by having a couple of really good players being those that are are pushing it forward. Uh, Timo Rabi's been running a really weird uh, fall on koshka latz build, and I don't think anyone but him can can work out how you could go about playing that. Ketsu has been doing okay, um, but the the difficulty with Ketsu these days is, absent an engine upgrade, she's got no reposition, so she either sits at the middle of the board and she's got an obvious route of attack, or she goes down one of the flanks and she's got an obvious route of attack. So anything with any mobility can just get right in the flank of poor old Ketsu and, and do a number on her. And beyond that, the they, um, the quad fangs you see here and there, but they're very high variance uh, they're a very high variance squad. You know if you have a bad round of dice, uh, then your game can end very fast. And there isn't anything that's that's reliable and chunky at the moment in scum. And a lot of people won't mourn the the three skirgs, uh together with the Y-wing. But for me, that was undoubtedly the, the best scum list before the points changes. It, it made one, two and I think three uh, in terms of best of faction at the, the Grand Championship in the UK. So pulling that list out and effectively destroying it with the points changes mean that people are looking to Bobber. Um, they're looking to what they can do with Old Terok and Fenrao but all in all the scum are, are not in a great spot and that's something that's reflected in in Jan's graphs. Mm.
0: Uh I mean obviously we, we've mentioned rebels and how how they've fallen off and we know how they've fallen off without layer that um, they've they become less popular and things like that. Obviously uh, there was actually a a, a build in the Austra- um, Australian open final um with Rebels that everyone was surprised to see. Um, I don't think that would skew realistically the the tables too much. Uh, but First Order, they seem to be on a slight rise in popularity, but I don't know. How do you feel about that, Colm? First Order,
2: I think, are just kind of bland. Like If you look at how popular they are, not very popular, where are they performing, somewhere around the middle? None of their ships are out particularly. <laughs> like, they just seem a very bland faction. The one interesting fact that comes out of this is the TIE SF. If you put on the Special Forces Gunner to give it the extra red dice, it gets worse. <laughs> if you look at this data. So, like, clearly, like, where First Order is doing well is in stuff like those kind of passive sensor lists where they can have a missile alpha strike. But they're just... I mean, it's not really surprising to see these figures either, right? They just kind of do what the other factions do, but worse at the moment.
0: Yeah, they're kind of a bit meh. Mm-hmm. Um, do you reckon that'll change with coming with Wave 5 with the new sort of like Interceptor-type ship? Do you reckon that'll spice it up a bit within the faction? That'll be in Wave 6, in fact, sorry.
2: Yeah, it seems like a strong ace, depending on points, obviously, but one strong ship can can really change things up for sure.
0: Happy days. So have we got any more points to add on on how it's shaping up? Um,
2: I think just going back to Scum, if you look at faction performance, you know, we're talking about them being the kind of down and out and sad. There's two things I want to mention. One is that it's on the rise. Like it's getting better. Scum used to be like rock bottom, the worst of all the factions. And it's now in, yeah, in fifth. But like it's close to, it's close to CIS, it's close to resistance. Like it's not, as bad as it used to be. And also, you know, talking about big ships and medium ships, like everyone is terrified of Sunfac at the moment. Yeah. The, uh, the Nantex coming out on, on Friday at time of recording. And <laughs> Sunfac is not as good against large bases and medium bases because you can't tractor those with one token, one tractor token. So, something to keep in mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and just have to rely on an I6 reposition. <laughs> all, the, all the reasons why Fen Rao has game against the the big ships for me, and and yeah, definitely you're paying points for something on Sun some Fact that in those matches you can't use to any massive effect, but that doesn't mean that that the big ships will, will just laugh at Sun Fact because he's going to be running with other stuff. And and it depends on the build. If you've got General Grievous trying to outmanoeuvre the big ship, that can do work. If you've got another Nantex, that's another um, decent gun pointed at the, the big ship, potentially. Or if you're running him as a, a complement to a mini swarm, then big ships don't like mini swarms, especially if they're packing energy shells. So, yeah, all right. Sunfak isn't as good against big bases, but I still think that um, he's got a game against them because he's I6 and he can use his tractor reposition to put himself in a nice little spot and, and take away uh, Hans' re-rollable one dice.
0: And he, he may not be tractoring a big base ships onto rocks, but he's still taking away a, a, an agility dice. You know? Yeah, so, that
1: re-rollable one of Hans.
0: Yeah, well, he's taken, away that one, he's taken away Ketsu's dice, he's taken away all the yeah. dice, so he's still going to be effective Fair enough, then. Yeah. Um, right. Any more points from yourselves? No, no been thanks, Will. Ages. <laughs> All right. Brilliant. Um, I just want to give... I, I don't normally do shout-outs, but I just want to give a couple of shout-outs. I was up at Red Dice Games uh, in Leith, up near uh, up near Edinburgh. I um, had a really great time up there uh, playing with some of the lads while I was up there for work. Uh, Rory Wilson sorted me out, uh, bringing some guys down, and we had a few good games, so thanks to them, uh, and I got a free alt art while I was down there as well, I was well happy just for playing on a normal night um, and I want to say thanks to uh, Lee Williams and the Cloud City boys uh, they sent me three alt art cards one of them being my one of my favourite ships, Grievous absolutely awesome art card, alt art cards um, if you fancy having a look at them, uh, you'll find them on the, the Cloud City page, thanks Lee so that's it so, all that's left to say is uh, goodbye from Bob. Ta-da. Goodbye from Cole. Goodbye. And uh, goodbye from me. Till the next time on the Sift Taker Snapshots podcast. Ta-da. Yeah,
1: the lights are blinking. I'm thinking it's all over when I go out drinking. Oh, making my mind slow. That's why I don't with a big foot. Oh, bro, I got to maintain. So far I've managed to avoid playing the problem. Hello, hello. Really you've got Rob, Bob,
2: uh... Bob Hello? You've gone full robot, mate. Oh dear.
1: Okay. That's my internet. <laughs> um how is it now? Same. Okay, then I'll try something
0: different. You sound like a Dalek.
1: Without the charm Generally you'll to snap <laughs>